0: The Sisterhood of the Bottomless Mimosa.
1: Hi. Hi everyone. This is John Ramsey.
0: Otherwise known as CJ in her adult life.
1: <laughs> horrible, horrible, horrible. Oh, come on. It's been like 40 years.
0: <laughs> All right. Oh this is CJ. God. And this is the sisterhood of the bottomless Ramsey. Well, who are you? Oh, that was fucked up. That was fucked up. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, you didn't even give your name. You have to give them. Oh, your hi. name. Oh,
0: hi. Oh hi, I'm Melissa. I'm one of the hosts on this podcast. <laughs> just switched into super hey nice girl
1: mode for a second.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like I didn't yeah. crack a horrible murder joke 2 seconds ago. It's fine.
1: It's going to be fine. It's October. It's Halloween. It's the kind of shit that we do. Ooh. Ooh yeah.
0: Um, welcome back to episode 14.
1: Episode 14.
0: We don't sound very excited.
1: No, I just kind of like keep tripping out that we're in the double digits
0: i know it's insane
1: um real quick Y'all, I'm going, we're going to be skipping a week next week because I will be on a three-day bike ride over the weekend, which I talked about in a previous episode called NOLA to Angola, where we are fundraising by riding bikes for three days over 170 miles from New Orleans to Angola Prison. And we are funding a project called Cornerstone Builders Bus Project, which transports the loved ones of prisoners to go see their loved ones as the prison is really, really far away. So I know none of y'all are going to donate, so I'm not even going to tell you about the link. But basically, <laughs> we raised the whole. I raised like $700 so far. The whole ride has raised over $30,000 so far. So that's that insane. Nice. I know. It's
0: that's a lot, a of, lot of fucking money.
1: Yeah. And there's not. I mean, there's not even a hundred riders. I don't think they keep it pretty small. I think they keep it under seventy. So that's a lot wow. between seventy people, like thirty thousand. Yeah, that's yeah.
0: that's that's really impressive. Good yeah, job. Yeah, some
1: people are doing some heavy lifting there. That it, that are not me. <laughs> like,
0: well, you raised a lot. Seven hundred is
1: good. I'm feeling good about it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Fuck. You know, if we could raise seven hundred towards this podcast, <laughs> could you imagine the things we could do?
1: <laughs> Buy wine.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Well, Um, I will be praying for you all next week.
1: Yeah, same. So hopefully this will not be our last episode, guys. But stay tuned. Let's see if I make it. Um. What else? Nothing. I
0: have nothing going on in my life. I've just been cooking (laughs) all day.
1: Oh, nice meal prep Sunday.
0: Yeah, I haven't meal prepped in an eternity. And so, I woke up this morning on a morning that should have left me hungover and dying. Um, And I was wide awake, ready to fucking destroy the day. And I just hopped up out of bed and went grocery shopping. And I've been cooking for like 10 hours. Cooking up a storm over here. Get it, girl. Solid Sunday. Yeah, serious meal prep.
1: I'm really proud of you for not waking up hungover.
0: Well, so there's this new thing that's happening in my life where I apparently can't get drunk in social settings anymore, and I discovered this last weekend at that wedding I went at where I had, like, 12 vodka sodas and barely got it buzzed, <laughs> and it was, like, a real fucking disappointment, and that happened again. It happened again last night at my Halloween party where I had probably, like, at least four beers at the party, plus this, like, drink my friend has it's called like truly have you heard of those no
1: They're, like a
0: canned sparkling wine
1: Ooh, and then
0: okay. we went to the bar and i had another beer and a like a really horrendous shot called like i don't even remember what it, redheaded slut that's what it was called
1: mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: and i woke up this morning as if i was went to bed at seven o'clock sober
1: well that's great though right
0: i know But like also last night I never really felt drunk and so I don't know what's going on.
1: I think you just have a really high tolerance. That's not okay. How is a girl supposed to get fucked up around here? You gotta take like a reset break. You gotta take like like a few weeks off and then you'll just get plastered when you get drunk.
0: Like, I literally showed up to that wedding with the intent to get blacked out, failed. Mm -hmm. And I showed up last night at the Halloween party with the intent to get blacked out, also failed. Two weekends in a row.
1: Well, last weekend I blacked out and woke up with my oven on. Because apparently I had decided at 2am when I was drunk as shit and blacked out that I need to roast myself some chickpeas because the corner store was closed and my phone was dead so I couldn't Uber Eats pizza to my face. And I preheated my oven. Thankfully, I did not put the chickpeas in and I just like fell asleep on top of my covers, clothes on, makeup on, woke up at like 8am. I was like, fuck, why is it so hot in here? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> my oven oh was on. my god have i've done that never before. done that i've never done that i was like holy shit cj like <laughs> this is not okay so luckily the house didn't burn down at least you didn't pull one of
0: those drunk let's take a bath and then wake up with like the water <gasps> overflowing has that happened to you no but it's happened to two people that i know
1: that is so scary and i so take they, baths like, a lot that could happen. they
0: woke up and like the water was just like Everywhere overflowing all <gasps> over the ground.
1: That is so <laughs> scary. I know. Holy shit. That I so, my new thing that I do as of two weeks ago when I'm hungover is I lay in the bathtub for like two hours, drink an endless supply of iced coffee, and listen to Lana Del Rey, and it just completely cures my hangover. So, if you nice. ever start getting hangovers again, that's the way to go. Um, I don't have a bathtub. <laughs> well, hmm, don't you have like a canoe or something? I used to have a canoe. <laughs> I don't have a canoe anymore. <laughs> what happened to the canoe?
0: <laughs> I don't know what we did with that canoe. I think we walked it outside on this, on Judah and left it on the side of the road. Which is Somebody actually left.
1: exactly where we found it. We found it on the side of the road on Judah. And now somebody found it and now rents it out for $3,000 a month to someone in San Francisco.
0: <laughs> this is so true. Oh, my God. That's hilarious. Ah. Um, all right. Should we kickstart the wine review? Yeah. That's
1: all okay. you
0: know. It's all me. Well, I want to preface by saying I've been drinking all day, but... <laughs> I've I've switched over from what I was drinking earlier to now wine, but I have to review what I was drinking all day because it was fucking phenomenal. So when I was at Trader Joe's on my little cooking spree, I witnessed with my little, little eye a brand new bottle at Trader Joe's of pumpkin spice liqueur. And you better believe I've been spiking my coffee with that all fucking day. And it has been so good. (laughs) And I'm positive that it's a brand new item there. Because when I had it in line um, to check out, the bagger was like, holy shit, we have this. I need to buy it. And I'm like, yeah, I'm about to drive straight to my apartment and pop the bottle open. So I'll keep you posted (laughs) next time I'm back and I've been drinking it all day and it's fucking bomb so if anybody's in the fall basic bench mood get your ass to Trader Joe's and buy that pumpkin spice liqueur um, it's fire. So that's part one of the of the alcohol review. Part two of the alcohol review is this fucking incredible bottle of wine that I got in my little wine club shipment. And I actually cracked this open a couple of days ago so I'm just finishing off the bottle. But it's called Rosa Obscura, and it's a 2016 red blend, and it's a California wine, and this is one of the best red wines I've ever had. Like, I can't even begin to tell you how fucking good it is. If you can find this, if you can find this somewhere, I don't know where it exists, like where you can buy it, since I had it mailed to me from a wine club, um it is so good it's like it's just like this like super mild like cherry flavored red blend and it's there's i think it's like almost has a very um velvety feel on the tongue like Mm. it's just smooth and it it's just so good like i don't know how else to describe it other than other than fire like it's amazing i i want to buy this over and over again so i'm gonna have to figure out where it exists in the world because i need more of this in my life Dope. so if you happen to be browsing the shelves and you see this please buy it you will not be disappointed also i have this new wine glass that my friend oh, got me for my birthday <gasps> can Is you see Virgo? it though?
1: Yes. yes. That's super cute. It's like
0: it says all people are created equal, but only the best are born as Virgo. Perfect, <laughs> which is <laughs> such a Virgo thing to say. You're
1: like it's truth.
0: It's absolutely truth. Um so yeah, that is my wine and liqueur review for the day.
1: Lovely. Well, you reviewed two so we still had two reviewed, so our average is still good. I uh, I was back on the drinking hype last week, as I am T-5 days until the bike ride, and I can't afford to pack on any alcohol weight in that time, <laughs> uh, nor can I afford a hungover fried breakfast tomorrow, so we're just going to skip, but I will be back on the horse next time we record. Swearsies. Nice uh pray for me so i'm drinking coffee it's delicious blah 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 the end Woo! good job Ah. hashtag john ramsey okay should we uh (laughs) should we hop in melissa's gonna delete this entire episode in (laughs) post-production she's gonna be like fuck this we can't me the gemini on the other hand i'm like play it don't even edit it burn it to the ground Okay. okay my i'm excited as always because i deliberately chose a spooky kind of person for my episode today because we're getting close to halloween and the next person i cover is going to be a little spooky too heads up y'all so i'm balling out in october i today am actually going to cover three women who collectively are known as the fox sisters have you ever heard of them
0: no but my first guest was going to be hocus pocus like kind
1: of like as like kind of Please hold. Please hold. (laughs) So the Fox sisters were uh, collectively three sisters from New York State, who essentially through public seances started the spiritualist movement of the 19th century nice so the spiritualist movement for those who don't know kind of kicked off in the 1850s thanks to the fox sisters and when we think of like that stereotypical hollywood seance and we're all sitting around a table and some white woman is wearing a turban for some reason like that all came from the spiritualist movement which all came from the fox sisters uh so it's basically a religious movement that believes that the dead can communicate at communicate to us as spirits through seance and other things and not only say things like oh hey Auntie Tay Tay like I still love you but they can also say things like I know the wisdom of the universe and I can tell you about God's plan the Drake song so that is the Fox sisters and it all started on March 31st 1848 In Hydesville, New York, the Fox family had recently moved into a little house. And suddenly the house is overrun by all these rapping sounds. So like a knocking, like a very sharp knocking. And the parents are like, what the fuck's going on? Who's doing this? It doesn't appear to be our daughters. We can see them. They're not like knocking on the door or anything. And sisters Kate, age 12, and Margaret, age 15, claim that it's a spirit in the house that they have learned how to communicate with so they essentially start communicating with the spirit in like a mixture of Ouija board meets morse code so they'll be like spell your name for us and if it was like a he would do one rap and if it was c he'd do three raps d four raps etc etc and then they'd ask it questions like are you among the living rap twice for no do you like pina coladas rap four times for yes or whatever the fuck. (laughs) So they have this whole system down and their parents were like oh my god and invite like all the neighbors over because it's 1848 and there isn't shit to do for fun so all the neighbors come over and watch these girls communicate with this ghost and they claim that the ghost and remember this guys because it comes back up they claim that the ghost is a murdered peddler or like a salesman who was murdered and buried in the house before the family moved in so everybody's like oh my fucking god like this is nuts they move out of the house because it's apparently haunted and they move into some neighbor's house nearby in a different village and they do the same thing in that house they had like a i think the neighbor had like a son who had passed away and all of a sudden now they're communicating with the son through these like rapping noises so everybody real real quick yeah 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 okay
0: so is this have, are the parents actually witnessing this happening or is this just word of mouth through the kids
1: no they're watching it happen so like the, okay. the, the girls will be like who haunts this house and then all of a sudden there will be like these rapping noises and okay. the girls don't appear to be making the noises in any way they're not like moving their feet they're not moving their arms they're not making the noise with their mouth so okay. people yeah so people are hearing the raps
0: I couldn't tell if, like, the kids are, like, going, Mommy, Mommy, I'm talking to a ghost, and this is how I'm doing it, or if, like, the parents are actually seeing this communication
1: going down. Oh, they're seeing it go down. It's a whole song and dance. So they have an older sister, Kate and Margaret. Those are the two girls. They have an older sister named Leah, who's, like, 17 or 18. She, I think, is married. She comes home, and she's like, first of all, okay, WTF, what are you guys doing? And then she's like, oh, wait, we're about to make a fuck ton of money off of this and so in 1849 they do their first quote unquote spiritualist rapping which i love (laughs) because it makes me think of rap uh in rochester new york to a paying public and that basically kicks off the spiritualist movement so they do a public seance they communicate with like the celebrities of the day like benjamin franklin or whoever the fuck and between the 1850s and the 1880s thousands of people over 30,000 people start working as professional mediums and over 8 million people in the U.S. and Europe identify as spiritualists so like they kick off unknowingly these two young girls kick off this huge fucking movement that like totally gets away from them like they're not even claiming that they know anything about they are not even trying to start a movement all they're doing is communicating with the dead but it becomes a whole trend and it is like all the rage all the celebrities of the day are super into it pamela coleman smith the the tarot illustrator her family were spiritualists like all the the anyone who was anyone in the 1850s was a fucking spiritualist so and then they had the civil war which was a huge windfall because everyone had all their family members dying and they were like all sad and so they wanted to communicate and so business was booming so as far as I know like a lot of the information online about the Fox sisters is really contradictory and there wasn't as much of it as I thought there would be so like I think Leah was mostly their manager the older sister I don't know that she did seances herself but it sounds like the two younger ones were doing it and she kind of was like the ringleader. So they're like celebrities, 1850s they start touring the US and Europe giving public séances and private séances to rich-ass people. They're living large, they start like drinking booze and they're and they start catching their dick. So Leah ends up with a Wall Street banker. Kate ends up with a London lawyer and spiritualist. And Margaret poor baby bop little buttermilk biscuit has such a sad little love story but i gotta give it up to her and talk about it so she ends up meeting after a performance an arctic explorer which by the way is the coolest fucking job title ever named i think the way you say his name is alicia like e-l-i-s-h-a which would be a girl's name now, but it was a guy named Alicia Kane. So she meets him in 1852. He comes from a family of like lawyers and judges, like very highfalutin folk he becomes convinced that the Fox sisters are a bunch of frauds but he falls madly in love with Margaret anyway but his family is like no you can't be with her because she's a charlatan and a papa and we all very rich people from Philadelphia so there's like some tension there he supposedly marries her in 1856 depending on who you ask so like her side of the story was he married her But the other side of the story is that he just like gave her a ring and promised that he'd marry her when he came home from Cuba, where tragically he died an untimely death at the age of 36 from some illness I could not find so he dies in 1857 and his family won't even let her go to his funeral they're like dicks Aww. i know so she's like i'm married and i want his inheritance and they're like no you guys weren't married sorry that sucks and in retaliation she publishes uh, like dozens of their love letters in a book called the love life of dr kane so that's like kind of sad and as far as i know like again there wasn't a ton of information online but it sounds like she never married but it sounds like that was her boo thing and then she was just like totally heartbroken so the sisters like over time they keep doing this for a living kind of separately over the next 30 to 40 years and they end up kind of like falling they're kind of like the first child stars they like got way too famous way too fast became like crazy alcoholics partied away all their money like just didn't know how to handle it and like during the entire time from like 1850 to 1890 almost when they were practicing like there were a ton of people who were like this is bullshit this is fake you guys are frauds all of these doctors tried to examine them when the raps were happening they would bring up stuff like the fact that okay so someone who came up a lot in their seances was Benjamin Franklin and they were like why like why would Benjamin Franklin pop up every Monday when you do a seance like that doesn't make any sense and just like weird things like that they they did somebody was trying to like test them once so a lot of people thought they were making the noises with their feet even though you couldn't really see them do anything but that was the theory of the time so they made them do a seance with like cushions under their feet And none of the spirits spoke. (gasps) But Leah, being the consummate fucking manager and ringleader that she was, said, Well, you know, it's because you guys are skeptics and like the spirits only come out to believers. So that's why you guys didn't hear anything. The spirits didn't come up. And the general public was like, Yeah, duh, that makes total sense. Like that's what happened. (laughs) So there were people who doubted them, but they had enough following. Obviously, like 8 million people identified as spiritualists that they were fine. But over time, as I said, things kind of went dark, money got tight, and in 1888, after years of alcoholism and family feuding, Margaret, the one who lost her boothing to Cuba, signs a confession that was given to the press, published in New York World, and that she also read aloud at a press conference at the New York Academy of Music, saying that it had all been bullshit and that so this is 40 years later this is like 40 years after this shit started so she's in her 60s it had all been bullshit they'd been making the noises with their feet and then she like does a demonstration at the press conference of how she does it so she basically like busted the whole thing wide open was like it's a lie Kate who was the other girl who made the noise with her was like in the audience just like looking hella pissed off but also nodding in agreement and Leah who was like supposed to be like kind of really abusive and their manager and like went and got her Wall Street banker husband she was like she's a liar this was real the whole time so it's a mess she Margaret got paid $1,500 for that confession so probably did it for the money And then a year later, she recants her confession and tries to become a psychic medium again. But as you might imagine, her clientele fucking plummeted after she told everybody it was bullshit. So that's that's so it's like kind of a dark ending maybe take a Frida actually like the two sisters Kate and Margaret that were the real performers they basically died in poverty like Kate literally drank herself to death and it's like kind of a sad story at the end um but what is kind of like what they did aside from the fact that they drink too much but they started this movement but they also created this space for women to make money because this is like the 1850s women weren't working like they weren't out of the house but most psychics and most mediums were women so it, it was like before vaudeville before you could like perform without being a prostitute the spiritualist movement was an opportunity for women to do that and it's it's like it made me think as a tarot reader i'm like you guys like paved way for me to do the work that I do so even though it's a little bit of a sad story like kind of cool and whether they were fraudulent or not I think it's a interesting kind of like twist on history one thing I want to end on so remember that spirit of the peddler that they said they heard in that house so in 1904 like years after the Fox family had moved out a skeleton was found in the cellar in that house (laughs) Like, in, that in the first walls. house that they lived in? Yes, where they said where it all began. And so some people like and it was published. Like I found the journal, the Boston Journal article about it. And it was like a real thing. It's not a it could be a hoax, but it happened and people were like, Oh my god, like that's proof that it was real. The fucking peddler, he's in there. Some people I mean, who knows? Some people claim that the bones were animal bones. There's like all these claims, but it is an interesting question mark. Like were they right all along was it the spirit of the peddler whose bones were in the wall that's super creepy i know
0: um how did you hear about these ladies
1: that's a good question i don't remember probably watching some scary movie it came up or something because i'm on a scary movie binge for october i don't remember Like, did you
0: just, did you, like, just learn about them? Or you've known about them for, like, a long time?
1: I had heard about them. I actually heard about them when I was reading up on Pamela Coleman Smith, just, like, in passing. Okay. And then it came up again somehow in the last week or two. Like, their name came up. And I was like, oh, I should cover them. Like, that would be super interesting. I just think it's weird
0: that because, like, the spiritualist movement is so huge and it's still, like, prevalent today, that it's like, Mm -hmm. how have I never heard about this like at all because i would imagine that like these three women would have also had like a huge um uh affiliation with like wicca and stuff like that that like how i think it's i think it's weird that like even in just our society having not created like um you know halloween characters after these three ladies or Mm -hmm. unless they're just the inspiration to like other fable stories just like hocus pocus like i said like i I think it's so weird i've never actually heard of their names being referenced before in any type of our like culture
1: yeah i that's like like i said i couldn't even find that much online and i was so amazed considering how instrumental they were in this i wonder if maybe part of it is just like they after they came out and said it was bullshit maybe people kind of like stop talking about them in that way i don't know but yeah i couldn't believe yeah it's kind of weird like how little is out there and how few people know about them these days but they were like celebrities of the time they were a huge fucking deal how weird i would be really interested to um
0: ask like if like if i knew somebody that was like in the wiccan movement or like participated in any type of career that would be similar to like medium or psychic like how they feel about these women like do they think of them as like this power behind um a movement or do they think of them more as just like some bullshit
1: well the freaking funny thing because you know my ass went on youtube trying to find a documentary and was very disappointed that one did not exist but to this day like i found some really cheesy video about them and someone had commented like within the past 12 months on that video basically saying it had all been real they were like oh the only reason that margaret came out was because she was getting paid for that press release and i'm like damn like people are still like there are still people in the community writing hard for the fox sisters like, saying that Weird. none of it was a fraud. I mean, like, I personally, I, it sounds like it was a fraud. Like, they came out and said it was a fraud. She showed them how, to me, that's the thing. Like, she showed them how they did it. I'm like, okay, that's there's proof positive that it was BS. But, and I say that as someone who reads tarot, which I know is kind of ironic. But, um, yeah, very interesting. Very, very interesting characters. They, like, started this movement and then basically, like, for, completely forsook it. So am I supposed to be guessing all three of their zodiac signs? Well, so here's the thing. I couldn't find birthdays for any of them because they're old as fuck. So I think we should just do like a collective guess on all three of them. Like as one zodiac sign? Yeah, fuck it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: (laughs) I want to like, I want to say libra why <laughs> just be but like i don't want to drag libras through the mud because i feel like i already dragged libras through the mud like a couple episodes ago <laughs> and i don't hate libras at all Jeez. um i don't but <laughs> libra, kidding, i feel kidding. like like libras are like the, uh one of the few signs well not few like leo probably can piggyback on this too but that um are known to like be in the spotlight or um yeah like strive to be spotlighted in some type of way like so many celebrities are libra's or um so many celebrities that are more on the like materialistic side or like the flashy side are libra's and i feel like kim like, kardashian yeah that's a great example mm-hmm. um but I feel like, especially if their shit was a scam, <laughs> like if, you, if if these little girls were like, "Oh, we're bored. It was the eighteen hundreds. Let's like make some shit up and become famous." Like that doesn't surprise me that like a, li- a Libra would do something like that.
1: I okay. I like that. I think that's a fair assessment. And Libras love fair assessments, right Libras? So you can't even be mad. Hmm. What do you think? I mean, that's, I wasn't even, th- I was thinking more in terms of deception. And so the first sign, of course, that I thought of was Scorpio. Um, or yeah, Scorpio would have been my first guess. Just because they're evil. Um, sorry, 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 Taryn. Our favorite Scorpio. Yeah, you're gonna like you're listener. gonna make us lose our only listener, our one
0: listener in life. After you just talked shit about Libras for like 25 minutes, what? But we don't have any confirmed Libra listeners. <laughs> Actually, yeah, we do. Andy, you're a Libra. I'm sorry that I keep dragging Libras through the
1: mud. I love you. And there you go. See, it's all fine but okay so i like that so i think we could just agree they were probably born in like october okay our halloween spooky
0: yeah actually that kind of works out perfectly call it
1: a draw (laughs) yeah so that was those are my spooky bitches the fox sisters i like
0: it i'm so interested i really want to do some more research on this and see
1: what i can find Mm -hmm. i'm also like why hasn't anyone made a blockbuster movie about this like that'd be so good
0: that's what I'm saying. Say. That's the weirdest part, yeah. is that, like, why don't we have this already happening in, like, our entertainment world? Like, why don't we have more stuff on this? It seems strange. Right.
1: I agree. Let's bring huh. it back. Let's bring the Fox sisters back.
0: Yeah, maybe that's right. our calling. Maybe we need to launch a uh, <laughs> Fox sisters, like, segment or Podcast.
1: <laughs>
0: so crazy. Every,
1: every episode we talk about... Another thing they did.
0: Okay, that's me. I love it, and I think it's perfect for Halloween. Yay!
1: Now I want to like, I want to be like the Fox Sisters for Halloween. I was thinking I'm gonna go as a tarot card, but I don't know which one yet. So I think you should do it.
0: Well, I would have to find two friends, and that's difficult.
1: <sighs> Just make <leave>, like <sighs> fake heads and attach them to your oh shoulders. My God. <laughs> And just like tap dancing shoes, You're, like walking around, <laughs> click, 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 click. That would be so good. If people knew oh, who no. they were, it would be so good. gonna be great. A, It's gonna be so much of you explaining to people what your costume is, right? <laughs> but I think you should do it. All right, girl, hit me. Okay.
0: So, uh, today I am covering Carol Burnett who is an American actress, comedian, singer, and writer who's best known for her groundbreaking television show, The Carol Burnett Show, which was the first of its kind to be hosted by a female. Hmm. Have you heard of her?
1: Yeah. I'm
0: curious. Yeah. Why did you choose her? Um, Because I read up a little bit about her in the book that you gave me. Mm-hmm. And the short little bio about her, I was, like, so blown away by just the, s- the small intro of her life that once I dug deeper, I found all kinds of elements that I found fascinating and I'm super, super into it. Love it. Okay. Um. It was kind of crazy. Like, I had been doing a lot of research today and... I don't know why, but for some reason, her life story, like, really struck, like, a chord with me. Okay. Um, so, I'll tell you, I'll tell you about her. So, Carol was born in, in San Antonio, Texas, in 1933. Her mother was a publicity writer, and her father was a movie theater manager, and both of them were raging alcoholics and they divorced <laughs> when carol was really young uh after their divorce i think she was like eight years old she moved in with her grandmother whose name was mabel Yodora white and they lived in a really small one room apartment in like run down shithole portion of hollywood california um, later, they would stay in a boarding house with Carol's half sister, Chrissy. And when her grandmother was able to like scrounge together any amount of money that she could find to use towards entertainment, she would take Carol and her sister to the movies. And they would sneak out of the movie theater with a few rolls of toilet paper in hand to take back Hell to the house. Yeah. Which
1: I did that so many times when I was in college. So did I. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Girl, like toilet paper, mustard packets, ketchup packets, just whatever you could get.
0: Yeah, pretty much. And so those really early days of going to the theater with her grandma is sort of what sparked Carol into like wanting to be in the in the spotlight in the the theater world so after she graduated from hollywood high school in 1951 she knew that she wanted to go to college to study playwriting but they did not have the 42 dollars to pay for school 42 dollars
1: so jealous
0: so one day An anonymous envelope containing a $50 bill magically appeared in her grandmother's mailbox, and that $50 bill would cover her one year's tuition at UCLA. Carol went off to college and never found out ever in her entire life who left that money for her tuition.
1: Wow. (gasps) Who do you think it was?
0: I don't know. Okay. Um so in college carol majored in theater arts and english and she performed in several university productions um when she got up on stage she was like surprised to realize that she was naturally funny like she just never knew that she like had a comedic side but when she got up on stage all of her classmates would laugh and laugh and laugh and laugh and she was quoted to say that All of a sudden after so much coldness and emptiness in her life she finally knew the sensation of warmth wrapping all around her at once so like being on stage and like getting that like response from her peers basically made up for like all the lack of affection that she never had growing up in her childhood and so she just like knew right then and there like I have to keep fighting for this because it's the best feeling I've ever felt so of course without surprise her mother disapproved of her acting ambitions as all of these piece of shit parents do that we cover (laughs) um (laughs) her because her mother wanted her to be a writer for whatever reason and there was a quote that carol said about this where she said my mother wanted me to be a writer she said you can always write no matter what you look like when i was growing up she told me to be a little lady and a couple of times she whacked me for crossing my eyes or making funny faces of course she never nor i ever dreamed that i would ever perform so her mom um basically didn't want her to be an actress because she didn't think she was attractive enough so she was basically like well you can write like maybe you'll find success writing because no one will see you my bitch, (laughs) it's just like so fucked up to like tell your child something like that like oh hey like you have this passion to do this thing but i'm gonna dissuade you from doing it because you're just not pretty enough yeah, that's really sad. Like how do you like how do you like create that type of insecurity in somebody like intentionally at such a young age? Right. So like,
1: fuck well, you. That's dude. Like that's like what you have. You're putting that on your kid, you know. Rude.
0: So rude. So during um during her ju- like this is fucking crazy. Like this is like just blown away by this fucking woman's life so during her junior year at ucla in 1954 uh one of her professors invited her and like a group of students to perform their like final their school final at a party so like instead of like being on the campus and like doing their like their final in the theater on the school grounds they were like I'm gonna bring you to this party and here's your final. You have to perform in like front of all of like my friends and like my colleagues. Yeah. And so they went and did it and after she was done a man and his wife approached her while she was stuffing cookies in her her purse to take them back home to her grandma and instead of like reprimanding her for like robbing the cookies at the party he complimented her for her performance and asked her like what do you want to do with your life like what are your plans after college and she told him that she wanted to travel to New York in hopes of like kickstarting a musical comedy career but that she had has no money and her family has no money and that like basically she doesn't know how she'll ever be able to fulfill those dreams without any financial help which she doesn't have and so literally right then and there this man offered her and her boyfriend whose name was Don Saroyan something like that right then and there she, this guy offered both of them $1,000 interest-free loan And his conditions were simply that the loans were to be repaid within five years, that his name would never be revealed, and that if she achieved success, she would help other aspiring talents to pursue their artistic dreams. Oh my gosh! So Carol took him up on his offer, and she and John dropped out of college and moved to New York to pursue their acting careers. Okay, she has a
1: guardian angel for sure right (laughs) like how do these things keep happening to her yeah wow
0: so there she goes off to new york um but sadly that same year her father ended up dying of causes relating to his alcoholism so that kind of sucked um but in new york carol found work in musicals in cabaret shows and eventually on tv in 1957 just as she was achieving her first small success in like the showbiz, her mother then died oh, wow. which sucked she now she's lost both of her parents like the first year that she's out there trying to like make this career for herself So, Carol went on to star in a sitcom called Stanley. She also performed on The Tonight Show and The Ed Sullivan Show, and she worked as a regular on one of the television's earliest game shows called Pantomime Quiz, But her first true taste of success came with her appearance on Broadway in 1959 musical Once Upon a Mattress, for which she was nominated a Tony Award. That same year, she became a regular on The Gary Moore Show, a job that lasted until 1962. And that same year, she won an Emmy Award for Outstanding Performance in a Variety or Musical Program or Series so like straight off the bat she just got a bunch of jobs and then it just yeah. kickstarted. and next thing you know she's like slaying all these awards and like getting like regular appearances on television shows and she's just like killing it so in 1966 Lucille Ball became a really good friend and mentor of Carol's after having guested on her super highly successful cbs television special that she had called carol plus two and then carol had also appeared on the lucky show or i'm sorry the lucy show (laughs) not the lucky (laughs) show um so they had like been guests on each other's shows and then after that happened they like created this friendship and since lucille ball was like super successful at that time she kind of like aided carol along the way and at one point lucille had offered carol to like have her own sitcom that Lucille was going to like help produce but she ended up declining the offer because she didn't want to commit to like a weekly series but the two of them still remained friends up until Lucille's death in 1989 and the crazy thing is that Lucille had sent Carol flowers every single year on her birthday since like they kickstarted started this friendship and when Carol awoke on the day of her 56th birthday in 1989, she discovered via morning news that Lucille Ball had died, like, that day on her birthday. But Aww. later, later that afternoon, no. flowers still arrived to Carol's no. front door with a note that read, Happy birthday, kid. Love, Lucy.
1: Oh, they were already I purchased
0: imagine. and paid for.
1: Can you imagine? Oh, No. My God. But still, I feel like
0: that's so. It seems the same as the tuition money that arrived yep. in the mailbox and the thousand yep. dollars that was just given to yeah. her out of nowhere. Her, like, one of her best friends dies on her birthday, but still, that flower
1: arrangement shows up. How wild. What a wild life. <laughs>
0: what so in 19 in 1967 carol's tv bosses were shocked when she asked for her own show like she had been like starring on all these other shows and she was like finally like give me my own fucking show like i'm ready and they were like, not having it, because at that time, what they call variety shows, they were considered, like, the most popular type of show on TV, but only men ever hosted them, and Carol didn't give a shit and was like, I, like, have proven myself, like, I'm ready, give me my own show, and they somehow were like, okay, fine, and the Carol Burnett show was born, which makes her the very first female-hosted, like, i guess show of like she has her own show and she's hosting it as herself and she's the first female to do that cool so that's huge um so the uh it was like a smash success like immediately and everybody fucking loved her they were like this show's awesome she's hysterical like it was just a huge hit and at the end of the show she like made a tradition that she would smile into the camera and like tug on her left ear which was a secret si- signal back to her grandmother who was watching back home and it was like a signal that she always did for her to let her know like grandma i'm good everything's okay i love you oh And so like it just like became a tradition and like people knew that like they knew what it was and what it meant so like it was just super endearing and people loved her even more and so the carol burnett show was on tv for 11 years and it won more than 25 awards making carol famous and a role model for women in comedy and television during the show's run her grandmother did end up dying Um, and in one of her episodes she like tearfully discussed how her grandmother had recently passed away and so she told like a little story which she said like on stage on live television she said my grandmother said to my husband Joe from her hospital bed Joe do you see that spider up there but there was no spider but Joe told her like yeah I, I see the spider and she said to her Joe Every few minutes, a big spider jumps on that little spider, and they go at it like rabbits. (laughs) And when she tells the story, like, everybody in the sand starts laughing. It's like, you know? And Carol was quoted to be like, see, like, there's laughter in everything. And so, like, even though she was, like, tearfully telling the story about her grandmother passing, she chose to tell, like, a funny quote that was, like, some of her grandmother's last words, which was about yeah. spiders banging it out on, like, the fucking wall in the hospital. And so everyone thought that was fucking funny, and it kind of just goes to show a little bit more, of like, Carol's personality and, like, w- you know, what her perspective was on life and stuff. And so the, sh- the show's, like, the show is so popular that in 2001 they did a retrospective, like, uh episode that contained outtakes and discussions with the cast and it drew in 30 million viewers which topped the emmy awards as well as the final game of that year's world series whoa like what year was this in 2001
1: i'm just trying to remember so like this was (laughs)
0: like far past when the show had like been done and canceled but they did like a fun little like we're gonna show like a wrap-up of you know the carol burnett show and that is how many people tuned in to watch it like that just goes to show how fucking popular that was and how like huge she was to the general public Mm -hmm. so that's like the the majority of that's like pretty much carol's career but i i wanted to touch base a little bit on her personal life to give you more of an idea of like who she was outside of her career so she ended up marrying that college sweetheart don saroyan that i told you about who also got Mm -hmm. the thousand dollars to go to new york so they married in 1955 but they ended up divorcing in 1962 then a year later she married her tv producer joe hamilton who at that time was a divorced father of eight who had produced her uh, carnegie hall concert and produced the carol burnett show they they had three daughters together and their marriage also ended up ending in divorce in 1984 but part of which was due to the challenges that they dealt um coping with one of their daughter's drug problem Mm. um but the couple took the op took like that opportunity to inform other parents out in the world about like how to handle life with a like a addicted addictive child like what Mm -hmm. like hey like we're in the media i'm in the general like public everybody can see me in my life like this is something we're dealing with you know it's been a struggle it's like been a hardship for our marriage like this is what we're doing like they actually went out and like tried to like help other people in the world with how to like handle similar situations and they even like so then they like raised a bunch of money that went towards the clinic that their daughter carrie was treated at for her addiction problems and in 1988 her and joe traveled to moscow to help introduce the first alcoholic anonymous branch in the soviet union
1: oh my gosh how random right
0: so random that oh, but they also didn't. like what a hard task in russia
1: damn <laughs> <laughs> yeah pretty crazy wow. um, do you know and then, maybe you're gonna get into yep. this but do you know she had because she was raised by addicts did she have any issues with addiction She did
0: not and it's interesting um I didn't I chose not to include this in my notes but since you're bringing it up I'm going to talk about it. There was a lawsuit that she ended up um being a part of because one of those piece of shit tabloid magazines wrote some fake article about her having like gotten shit-faced in this restaurant and like went nuts crazy and like it never happened at all um i think she was like at a restaurant and something like that occurred and she was like the celebrity that happened to be there and so they were like Mm. oh let's fucking like put this story on carol and put it in the our tabloid to get like ratings and she was so fucking pissed because she was raised in like a toxic alcoholic abusive family and that story was a false and she'd never had any addiction problems herself so to like have her name slandered that way with that being like you know the topic she was pissed so she like came for blood and like sued the tabloid for like a ton of money won the lawsuit and like they had to go public with saying it was like a fake story so um, I did read that about her. So, no, she didn't herself. But it's sad that, like, one of her children ended up yeah. becoming an addict. And I believe she had drug and alcohol problems. And then she also passed away really young. She passed away, at, like, 36 uh, years old. She okay. didn't actually die from any of her, well not directly but she had other health issues i think she like ended up getting pneumonia and something else happened so i don't know if that was like related to her addiction problems or what but she died really young like 35 36 years old wow. um so in 1991 her husband well her ex-husband at the time joe ended up dying of cancer and then in 2001 carol married her third husband <laughs> brian so miller brian miller who was the drummer and contractor of the hollywood bowl orchestra and he was 23 years her junior
1: i thought you were going to say he was 23 years old
0: well <laughs> but still, first of all but i don't still. even know like what does that even mean that's like old people talk like what does 23 years her junior even mean <laughs> that means
1: he's 23 years younger than her
0: why do they have to say it like that though like her junior her senior like what is that what the fuck is that they're old
1: like you said it's old like questions.
0: that's like old people talk like stop just like saying he's 23
1: years younger than her like that's all you have to
0: say <laughs> <laughs> um, so so yeah she married her third husband um and then one last cool thing to touch on is In keeping with her promise to the anonymous benefactor who assisted her in 1954, Carol has contributed to scholarship programs at UCLA and the University of Hawaii to help people in financial need. So she did end up paying that guy back and um, paid it forward to everybody else. And then one last thing that I want to touch on, which for me is a huge giveaway of her Zodiac sign okay in my opinion in my opinion and i wanted to close with this because i just think it's fucking awesome so when carol was still in high school before her career started before she got that thousand dollars or before she even went to college she worked as an usherette at the warner brothers theater which is now called the hollywood pacific theater and when the cinema screened Alfred Hitchcock's Stranger on a Train she had already seen and enjoyed the film and she noticed that two people that were coming into the movie theater were arriving during the last five minutes of the show and she had told them like hey like don't come in at the last five minutes like why don't you just wait until the next show so you can see the whole film like they were like late or something and she didn't want them to run in in the last five minutes and like spoil the whole film so she like politely was like hey like don't go in like why don't you just wait the next showings in like 30 minutes or whatever no 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 but the couple were like fuck you like we're gonna go in and like watch this fucking movie I don't know why but that they like brushed her off and like went in and were like shut up well her manager ended up like witnessing this like situation go down and he was so pissed that he like straight up fired her on the spot and like ripped off her um (gasps) like they have these little like tassel things on the shoulders at the movie theaters Uh back in the day and he like Uh fired her and like ripped off her tassels as like you're done type of a thing and she was like horrified you know like what like what do you mean and years later in 19 in the like the 1970s after she'd like already become a TV star, um the Hollywood Chamber of Commerce offered her a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame and they asked her where she wanted it and she replied right in front of where the old Warner Brothers Theater was at Hollywood and Wilcox and that is where uh. her star was placed and uh. remains today.
1: star right outside that fucking theater that she got fired at i that is the best thing you've said about her in this entire episode i am in awe i'm in love ah the amount of petty yes isn't that Uh, great okay that definitely that definitely changes what i thought her sign was so she's got a little bit of something she's got a lot of somethings going on (laughs) okay well my first guess before you told that story was going to be leo because or leo or libra because i feel like those are signs that not only are entertainers but are also really lucky and she just has Mm -hmm. like this weird string of luck throughout her life but now that you've said that I f- I'm torn between two. Okay, what is Is she a Virgo?
0: She is not a Virgo. Is she a Scorpio? She is not a Scorpio.
1: What? Who is as vindictive as a... Well, I don't think of it really as vindictive. What do you think of it as?
0: I think that, like, that's her... It's almost like, um... Like, on and honestly, I already know what her sign is. Right. So it right. make it allows me to, okay. you know, think of it in in a different in like a more known like a, a biased way, basically. So, right. do you want me to tell you what her sign is? Yeah,
1: I already mean I already guessed half of zodiac. So
0: okay, so she's a Taurus, and mm, to me, yeah. that whole little thing yeah. with the star is like her almost. Um, well, for one, being, like, stubborn as fuck. Like, right. like oh, what are you going to do about it? And then, you know how, like, Tauruses are known to be, um, like, always fighting against the, whatever the rule is, they're going to, like, challenge it. Mm-hmm. Like, they're always, like, I can't even think of the terminology for this. Um, um, like, against authority figures, basically. Contrary. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah punk rock and so i feel like this whole situation with like her getting fired for something that was fucked up and like one she never let that go like she came back decades later being like oh remember when you fired me boss here's my star right in front of your face like that is super taurian to me and i think it's partly partly because i dated a Taurus for like years and that just seems like something he would have done without a doubt and like I almost picture it in my head like him coming back decades later to like be like oh fuck you remember when you treated me like shit when I was working for you bye like look what I I am now and so I wasn't surprised that she was a tourist I when I read
1: that story so my guess, I guess Virgo, just because I think Virgos can be really, really petty when they want to get revenge, like, in, in a similar way to, the, like, Gemini's. Like, I feel like Virgos can pick, like, one special tiny little piece and, like, hold on to it and then, like, hit you with it right when it's time. And then Scorpio, of course, like, the obvious, because they're vindictive yeah. as fuck, so. Yeah. Uh, but I can see, for sure. I see what you're putting down with the Taurus. Okay. <laughs> isn't that so funny that she did that that is so badass i admire that so much i love that that. yeah so yeah that's carol burnett and like i love her is she still alive i I don't she's still
0: alive do you know how how is is she still she's still alive let's see 2018 minus 1933 she's 85 years old
1: get it girl yeah wonderful i love her
0: she totally outlived lucille ball damn yeah yeah that's rough isn't it just insane though like i was like reading her story and taking notes and i was like on my second coffee and pumpkin spice cocktail and i was just like wow like there's something so special about this person like for her to attract mm-hmm. so much like magic into her life yep. like it, it is yeah. true like and also just the interesting relationship she had with her grandmother like how close mm-hmm. they were I don't know it just she seems very angelic and like yeah for whatever reason like the universe has been here and has been fighting for her from the get-go I know and it's just like it's, it, it just makes me almost like feel I like so strongly about her like I like it's almost like I'm fighting for her too now like I'm like I'm on her side like Carol I'm here for you like I'm gonna ride and die through it with you like until you're like all 90 of your years however long you live like it's like I'm like rooting for her now like yes like for whatever reason you're supposed to like be living this great life like effortless I mean it wasn't effortlessly like she had a shitty childhood and like you know I guess it's like the cards were not aligned for her to really find success with like her parents and like them being so poor and her not really having much of a support system and it just worked
1: out I know (laughs) yeah it's so wild it's it's super wild I need some of whatever that is hook me up Carol just like money just like showing up right well and even how quickly her career took off like that think of how many actresses or actors would kill for that you know just was like instant yeah it just was
0: supposed
1: it's it's like one of those like
0: it's like one of those situations where like it was meant to be like that super cliche phrase fits with her life perfectly
1: And I also love how she gave, like, paid it forward, basically. It sounds like she's done a lot of good stuff for other people, which is, like, really sweet. I really like her. I know. It's cool, huh? Hey, Carol. I know you're listening. We love you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And, like, tell us how we can get some of that good luck, dude. We need it. (laughs) Right.
1: Hook it up, Carol. God bless her. I love her. Okay. I
0: know. Wild. Wild. And then obviously I picked her because she was the first of a female first in that television world of hosting. Oh yeah, shout out that book. Is it around you? Oh, I was like, what book? Yes. So I, um... I was inspired to cover cover Carol Burnett today because of a really awesome book that CJ got me for my birthday, which is now means we have two books of amazing women that we are (laughs) getting some of our inspiration from. But this one's called Rad American Women A to Z and it's written by Kate Schatz and it's illustrated by Miriam Klein Stahl and it says rebels trailblazers and visionaries who shaped our history and our future and it's fucking cool as shit and it's so funny because when you open it the very first person that is featured is your girl angela davis hey girl and then the second one's carol burnett so i didn't make it far (laughs) in the book you like I, I i didn't have to like i read this one page on her and i was like fuck yeah this is awesome and you know what we also haven't really covered like a comedian yet yeah and so i was like i kind of was like oh this is sick like i'm i want to cover her like she's in the entertainment world she was a comedian she was the first host on television to be female like I don't know. I was feeling it, and then when I like dug deeper and found all that crazy magic yeah. shit that was going on in our life, I'm like, "Holy fuck, this is insane!"
1: Yeah, yeah. Ha- literally, hashtag blessed. Yeah. <laughs> the OG hashtag blessed. <laughs> yeah. So um. wild. Yeah, so, when yeah. you name dropped her, I was like, oh, yeah, we haven't done an entertainer in a while. It's been a minute. No, I, it's been a minute. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: But you know I who like she kind of reminds me of? Who? Julia Child.
1: I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I knew you were going to say it. Oh, how like did that. you know? I don't know. I just, girl, because I'm a fucking spiritualist, that's how. Oh, my God.
0: I love it. <laughs> Yeah, she reminds me of her just because, like you know, especially when her mother kind of like was shady about her her looks, like basically telling her like you're not pretty enough to be in the entertainment world. Like you know, mm-hmm. everyone hated on Julia for being like six foot five and like a large woman, and then they both are like qu- quirky and weird and like say just like endearing funny things without even trying. So like they right. both had that in common, and then the fact that you know Julia Child, I. Th- was like the first cooking show that ever existed and right so, i don't right. know they had very similar stories and and also i think the other portion of it um being that you know she was successful throughout her whole life well into her
1: like older years and that julia child was the same right like it just kept getting better and better as she got older yeah the yeah. other thing too is like they're both they both have like ham personalities and that yeah made me think of her too like julia was the was the closest to a comedian we had covered before you covered yeah her. <laughs> pretty much <laughs> fun fun so yeah that's that all right cool well yeah guys we're gonna skip next week but we will be back the week of Halloween. oh uh, shit is that
0: that next week oh you're right no because okay, cool. we're skipping
1: we're skipping so it'll be the yeah following but we'll week, be yeah. back
0: yeah okay okay makes mm-hmm. sense okay got it
1: oh cool actually what be... day is halloween are we is it gonna be out before or after it um, will be the
0: day after so halloween's wednesday the 31st and our our episode will go live next. november 30 or thursday november 1st
1: yes llama all right you guys like wear slutty costumes or don't just don't wear native american headdresses that shit is not cool anymore guys (laughs) (laughs) oh my god all right well that's a sign up i don't have any um you know what bitch i do have sorry i called you bitch i do have a woman of the week I just the person who just brought me so my fundraising goal was $700 and like right before we started recording I'm just call her Paula B who's also a fan of the podcast she's messaged us on Instagram I went to high school with her she brought me home she donated like some whatever amount of money was left for me to meet my goal so I saw you Paula B thank you girl and thank you for listening holla at you girl yeah she told me that she tells everyone she said i tell she said she told everyone their kids and their wives about your podcast so thanks girl
0: nice thank you and thanks for the donate
1: so that's my my last minute woman of the week
0: cool yes
1: i as usual have no one (laughs) uh well you have you had the wine so it's fine yeah all right y'all well until next time subscribe email us at mmosasisterhood at gmail.com tell everyone you know about us and send us any money that you want Woo! we should make a venmo so people can send us money you literally know no one will ever send us a pet
0: like, <laughs> let's be real
1: But what if, like, everyone is just like, oh, my God, all I want to do is send them money, but I have no way to get it to them. That is just another platform
0: for people to blatantly ignore us. Do we need to create, like, another one of those? There's already about five that exist. (laughs) Oh, my God.
1: Gothic much? All right, fine. (laughs) All right, bitches. All right, edit that out. All right, people. Thank you for listening. (laughs) Until next week. Or the week after. <laughs> yes. Peace out. Peace out.
0: Bye. Bye.